virgin who is told that she's going to carry the Son of God. The Holy Spirit would come upon her and she would carry the Savior of all mankind. To the fiancé who gets the news. Uh-huh. Pregnant by the Son of God. I mean by God. Uh-huh. Right. But God intervenes there, right? And then God even intervenes by throwing in a census there to get His Son to be born in Bethlehem. And then last of all, He, he reaches out to some lowly shepherds. We think of them oftentimes as, you know, these nice romantic pastoral scenes, but in truth they were outcasts by the rest of society. You know, God was involved in every aspect of that. He was at work doing things. I need my glasses. (laughs) You see, There's a miracle in Christmas. And it's bigger than just a miracle baby. In Christmas, God has built a bridge to connect with the unconnected. And the unconnected is is us. It's you and me. Today, I'm going to use the high-tech medium of Legos to illustrate this. You see, God created us, men and women, in His image, to have a relationship with Him, to have connection with Him, to know Him intimately, to have a face-to-face relationship with Him, just like we're having right now, or at least (laughs) you see my face and I see your face, right? The problem is that... uh, we very quickly decided we wanted to be in charge. We decided that we were going to rebel. We decided we were going to do things our own way. So, here's us. Here's God, connected. And we decided to do our own thing. And this is what happened. Disconnect. And a chasm between ourselves and a holy God. And here we are, stuck, unable to bridge this chasm. We don't have the resources. We don't have the ability to reach a holy and perfect God. And maybe you you don't believe that we're disconnected from God. Well, I I just want to give you as an example A just how we're disconnected from one another so often, right? Nations and conflict with nation. Political parties in conflict with other political parties. We're fighting racial strife. And even between men and women. And that's on a macro level. On a micro level, even our own relationships are strained. Strained with even our own family members, right? There's oftentimes a disconnect. And that's evidence of our disconnect with the Holy God. 
But again, the good news is that God has built a bridge in order to connect us, the disconnected, with Himself. And there are three truths I want to point out tonight about Christmas that kind of bring things into focus. The first thing I want to say is Christmas is good news. It's not good advice. Christmas is good news. It's not good advice. I'll even say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, let's go back to what we heard the worship team read. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a consultant will be born. A life coach will be born. That's right. An advisor? No. Today, in the city of David, a Savior will be born. A Savior because we needed saving. Again, we are stuck and we cannot bridge that gap ourselves. We needed a Savior to come and bridge that gap. The Scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Maybe that sounds like kind of a downer type of news. But the truth is, it it shines the truth on where we're at. And maybe we overestimate our own goodness, our actions, our behavior, our thoughts. Or maybe more specifically, underestimate the holiness of God. Because we're comparing ourselves with the guy next to us. The problem is the guy next to us isn't perfect as God is. And so we are disconnected. But the good news is that God is building a bridge in order to connect us with Himself. The second truth about Christmas is that Christmas sends us a good Savior. He doesn't send us a superhero like the DC Universe or what have you. He sends us God who puts on flesh. The author of all life writes himself into the story. Now there are a lot of mind-blowing implications to that. And we don't have time to wrestle with all of them. But here's what this means. Infinite God comes and packages himself in a finite package. And he does so to relate to us. He puts on flesh so he knows what it's like. It's like the song the lady sang earlier. He knows what it's like to live this life. And as we read, the circumstances of Jesus' birth were not the Mayo Clinic. Right? Jesus isn't born in a palace. He isn't born in a world-class hospital. He is born in a barn. Anyone's dad ever say that to you? Shut the door. You're born in the barn? Jesus really was. Jesus really was. But he came to do so because he came to identify with the very least of us, the least of these, 
He came and humbled himself, lived a life that seemed insignificant to the rest of the world at the time, and would live his life as an itinerant minister and die a humiliating death. And some would say, what a waste. But it's interesting. One of the titles for Jesus out of Isaiah is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. It's an interesting title. I love what Tim Keller says about this. And I'll just read you a few excerpts of this. If you're going through something difficult, it's good to talk with someone who has walked the same path, who knows personally what you've been going through. If God really was born in a manger, we have something no other religion has. It's a God who understands you from the inside of your experience. There's no other religion that says God suffered, that God had to be courageous, that God knows what it's like to be abandoned by friends, to be crushed by injustice, to be tortured and die. Christmas shows He knows what you're going through. Christmas shows that when you talk to Him, He understands. He had infinite highness in being Almighty God, yet He became one of us and enmeshed in our condition in order to know our darkness. He saved us by going to the cross and did it voluntarily, freely, out of sheer love. One of the reasons that Jesus came and put on flesh and lived this life so that He might identify with us. Here's another thing. And... You know, this is kind of a a theological thought. And that's what I'm paid to do, think deep theological thoughts as a pastor, right? Jesus came and he was baptized. And you may be going, so what? Jesus, he came and he was baptized. Now, I don't know what your theology about baptism is. But at the time, people were being baptized to repent of their sins. To say, God, I want to clean up and get ready for your Messiah. Well, why would the Messiah, the sinless one, need to be baptized? It's not because he needed to clean up. It's not because he needed to repent of his sin. He did it to identify with us, the sinners he came to save. So when he goes to the cross, the Father sees our sin on him and punishes it. And then when he sees our faith in him, he sees his righteousness on us. Jesus is a good Savior. God has built a bridge to connect us with himself. We're the ones who are disconnected with him. Last of all, Christmas is a gift. Christmas is a gift. Romans 6:23 talks about what we deserve. 
it says, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not, it's on sale. You can get it at Walmart. No, it's a free gift from God. That means you don't do anything. You don't add anything to it. It's what He has done. It's a gift. And a gift can only be received. Tonight, tomorrow, many of you, as well as myself, we're going to open gifts, right? But you know what? That gift won't do you any good if you leave it there under the tree. Even if you know what it is, it won't do you any good unless you receive it. Unless you appropriate it for yourself. So how do you do that with the gift of Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, it starts out with knowing that you need Him. Knowing that there's nothing you can do. But second of all, it's receiving what He has done. Saying, Lord Jesus, I thank You for coming and living this life. All the good, the bad, the ugly. And yet never sinning. And doing what's right. Number two, I thank You for going to the cross and paying a debt that I couldn't pay. And then number three, I thank you for rising from the dead and conquering a foe I couldn't conquer. Thank you for what you have done because I couldn't do it myself. Now folks, I'm going to tell you something. I'm putting this together and in rehearsal it worked really well. There are no guarantees though. But the guarantee is here. That if you receive this gift, there are benefits galore. Benefits of connection. First of all, a family connection. That if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become a son, a daughter of the living God. The scripture says, to as many as received him, even to those who believed in his name, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. A son, a daughter of the King. You become part of the family of God. Even if you're an orphan, you're adopted into His family. Number two, there's a life connection. A life connection that goes on forever. Because Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, she who believes in me, even though they die yet, will they live. Because I give that life. There's a life connection. Also within that connection there is a, what I call an identification or a, I guess I'd call it a relational connection. Again, back to the thought that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. As you go through the challenges of life, he can say, yeah, I know. I know, I've been there. 
I've been alone. I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been disappointed. I've even been abandoned by my Heavenly Father on the cross so that you wouldn't have to be. But He gives us that connection, that relational identification. And then there's just the the blessing of His indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit who comes to dwell in each one who will put their faith in Him. A presence that even cries out to God the Father saying, Abba, Father, you're my daddy. I know that now. What an amazing thing. And then, the last thing I want to highlight is what I call a work relation. Not that we work to be worthy, but He starts His work in us. There's a verse over here, Ephesians 2.10. It says that we are God's workmanship. We are God's, the word there in the Greek is poema, from which we get the word poem. We become God's masterpiece. And He starts to work in us and shape us into men and women who are more like Jesus. And sometimes it's a painful thing, but it's a wonderful thing as well. There's a work connection because He is at work in you, in me. God has built a bridge. He's built a bridge in order that we might be connected to Him. That we might know Him. That we we might not be strangers to Him. And that we might have His life and have His joy. God is building a bridge. And even though it's incomplete right now, as God is working on me and you, this is what it looks like. His bridge that bought us and made a way for us to be connected to a holy God. So with that, I'd like to ask the worship team to make their way up here to sing about that holy night that made all the difference in the world so we could be connected to our God.